Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Patty. Hello. <laughs> Hi. And today, we're going to share with you how you can support people in your life that are not going through a spiritual awakening yet. I'm an optimist, so I put the word yet in there purposefully. Mm. Um, we all have people in our life that we are watching, in a sense, play out their karma and drama and it's not always easy to watch people who are more entrenched in the 3d mindset that are unaware of the potential unaware of their potential and it can be very very it can be very challenging uh, challenging to be a part of to mm -hmm. to have that bird's eye view and see things that you know might help them but you know we all know you one must help themselves um, so it's, it's a, it's a situation I really believe every single person who listens to this podcast has to deal with something we deal with people we know and love and care about. Um, we can see our, you know, our, uh, you know, what, what am I looking for there, babe? Well, we can see what they're going through and yes. like, and it's, you know, sometimes it's hard not to say things, you know, but people will only hear what they are ready for. Yeah, but what in throughout our journey, we've tried many things to to help others, and a lot of them failed and really <laughs> did more harm than good. But I believe what we have here is some really sound advice for for people in the situation that will really help you maximize your potential, and and you can be a very profound healing influence in all the people in your life, regardless of whether they're going, they're going through an awakening or not. And I really believe that this podcast will really help you help others in a very powerful way. Okay. Yes. So the first thing I wrote down is to help them take their next step, their next step. I don't know about you, but when I first started coming into a lot of the information about, uh, the, the Illuminati and the controlling governments and hmm. the fact that we have extraterrestrials, you know, floating around, checking us out and and the, the, the hidden government and all this kind of stuff. Not to mention just the fact that one can consciously raise their vibration and, and ha you know, and, uh, and expand their spiritual awareness. I wanted everyone to know that. I was like, man, this could help everybody. This is good information. This is very important. These people should know this. But... <clears throat> that sort of uh, all that stuff I shared is not exactly the next step of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So what I found is that trying to have someone jump over, you know, to the top of the staircase and join you, it's it's too much. It's not it's not welcomed by them. It's usually met with resistance or or uh, sometimes insult <laughs> and judgment, like whoa, you, like you're lo you lost it, you're crazy. What's wrong with what's wrong with you? Exactly. But if if you're clever and you're aware, you can kind of see where they're at and what might help them take that next step in their own journey. So, can you add to that love or no? No, because I didn't do that. Because you did that with me. So I've I've been very um, conscious because I kind of. It, it was really a gift, you know, what you, what you did giving me like information overload, because then I learned like, that's not going to that's not good for everyone to, to have that experience. So I learned from you, you know, you're welcome. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I've really, it, it really was like a, a gift because I can see, 
I could see um, how challenging it is to not give people the information you have when you're finding out all this information that's like just blows your mind. And then you want to share that with the people that you care about. But, you know, having been on the other side of that, when I was getting information that I wasn't quite ready for, um, I just happened to be open-minded and, and, um, enough to allow for you to express yourself and still be able to articulate that maybe it's time to chill a little bit. No, you're, you're right. It's, uh, in retrospect, I can see that at the time I thought my intentions were pure and on some level they were, I was trying to help you. I, I, I believed at the time the info would help you, but really a, a part of it was I, w- I wanted to share all that for me. Right. Because well, I wanted to discuss it. Yes. It's well, um, and is, not, not just that it's, it's, you wanted me to be where you're at at the yeah. same time. So really what it is, is, is that you're, you're wanting to share the information to get people on the same page as you. Right. But reality is not everybody's ready to be on the same page, you know? Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I, I wasn't, that wasn't something that I ch- was challenging for me. Right. You know, what comes to mind is a, is a way of doing this correctly. Not, not so much highlighting my big mistake there, which I, I made on many other people other than you, um, was, do you remember when my parents were visiting us uh, maybe a year ago or so? And my dad was talking about like, like what happens after you die? Yes. Like he was yes. really like, con- like not concerned, but really thinking about it deeply. Like what, what do you guys think happens right, when yeah. you die? And we could have easily said, well, of course, father, we are, we live many lives and it's like, you know, going through a door and you're met with your spirit guys. And he would have been like, okay, yeah, I thought we wanted to have an intelligent discussion. It would have, it would have turned them off. It would have been way too much. Yeah, for sure. But what I did, I, I said, you know what, what's this, what's, what could I say that would help him maybe because I could tell he was almost cons- like worried about about it. Like he's mm-hmm. getting older. I was like, what could I say to really sort of comfort him in a way that he's going to relate with? And I ended up talking about a long time ago when I was researching near death experiences. I said, you know what? I, I was I, I heard a, I read quite a few really interesting testimonials of people who have alleged, you know, truly, you know, have died and come back to life. And it's pretty, I told him I actually got, I dove deeper into this information and found that, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, probably thousands now, um, have very, very similar and extremely hopeful accounts that like seeing a white light and going up to quote unquote heaven is pretty common when this happens. So from, you know, I, I knew that would sort of a data stacked uh you know um i don't know just explaining it in a way that makes sort of some logical sense to him yeah i knew that would be kind of helpful and i don't remember how it impacted him or not really looking back no but i think that's I think an it idea planted a seed though that's the yeah. thing is it planted the seed of 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 do um maybe researching something that would be easy for him to understand in his level of yes. consciousness it goes back to one of my favorite books, um, How to Win How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. He, one of the main things I took from that book is he says, seek to understand, not to be understood. Yeah. I so I was like, I really wanted to understand where my dad was at and then really suit my response to his needs where he was at. And I, I don't know if it was effective or not, but that's the idea of what you want to do. Mm-hmm.
I also kind of just just adding to that little thing. I almost could sense that he felt we were holding back a little bit. Did, <laughs> did you see? Probably because he kind of seemed like, mm, I feel like there's more there, but then we just moved on with the conversation with something else. Yeah, but, but that was that was. But because we couldn't have gone deeper in in that moment with him without sounding like any more without giving him any more information that he would sort of like brush off and then be like oh, okay whatever you know yeah and i, I think it's important that people are, like we uh, you know uh, people who are waking up really acknowledge that mm-hmm. that some of the stuff that is becoming very normal and commonplace to us our concepts our view on reality is extremely unusual to most people and we can't really blame anyone for coming off with re- you know responding with resistance and skepticism and I think it's very important to really be honest about the situation. Yeah. And be mindful of the person that you're talking to and like aware, you know, cause it's okay to give some information about some things. But, um, if, if you, as soon as you start giving people information that you know is gonna like blow their mind, then you can start to get to a point with them where you're not going to help them because they're going to take all the information that you just gave them, even the stuff that was helpful to them, and they're going to brush it off. Yeah. You know, it kind of yeah. gives them like this. Well, ugh, well they, they said that weird thing. So I'm like, I'm not going to listen to them now. Right, right. And, you know, a lot of a lot of what one comes to discover during the awakening is very intense information, not just like expanding your view on reality like 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 uh like for example like past lives i'm talking about like just sort of, sort of the nature of humanity and the nature of reality and some of the things going down with like the government and all that kind of stuff it's like very powerful and intense and sometimes even negative information and i remember one time when i was first waking up i came into uh, i watched a video or something a youtube video that was talking about all of that kind of stuff and it it scared me so bad. I felt I felt so repelled. Like it, it was way, it was not, I was not ready for that kind of information. So even within the awakening, there are like degrees of knowledge that need time to you know, progress in a way that the individual can be ready for and assimilate in a positive way, which ultimately it all does help. Knowledge is power, but uh, it's like trying to teach like a little kid how to like fire a firearm. It's like whoa, that's like it's they're not ready. Maybe, you know, maybe that's a bad example. I don't mean to get into a controversial topic. It just popped in my head. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, there's like, you know, there's an appropriate time to teach someone something. Yeah. And there's a not appropriate time. And it's just being mindful of when that is for whoever it is that's in your life that may be not on this spiritual path. Right, right. Okay, we'll go ahead and move on. (laughs) Um, Number two, I wrote down, let them play out their their karma and maybe their drama and you don't feel obligated to mix in with it so we all a lot of us have people in our life that are are learning lessons in a harsher way than we are because they're not as conscious of their role in the unfoldments in their life and therefore they're repeating cycles over and over and we're just sitting there watching them and it's not not fun but it doesn't serve them and it certainly doesn't serve us to really mix up ourselves with it emotionally and get tangled in and caught up in in the drama. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we used to do that. We used to get really like worked up and like really like we were almost like going through it emotionally the same way they are, but it doesn't help. If anything, it causes us to get off of our center, be less effective for ourselves and those in our lives and even them. And it's just a, but I think in the beginning, I used to feel bad detaching, like consciously detaching from other people's drama. Yeah. But in the end, it's, uh, it's best for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially for yourself. I remember, um, when my brother was, my, my brother is a recovering alcoholic and, um, when he was, before he got sober, um, my mom would, would call me and tell me all the things that he's doing and all this stuff. And she would, she would call one to vent, but she would also call to get guidance because I, um, uh, have experience with addiction. So she would try to get me to like get in there and she'd be like, you got to talk to your brother. You got to do this. And I'd be like, you know, he's on his own journey. I can't make him quit drinking if he's not ready and neither can you. I was like, you can stop enabling him, which she didn't want to hear because she's codependent. But, you know, like it was a really powerful learning for me on how to separate myself and be able to still be there for them and help uh, in, in the best way without allowing myself to get all worked up because he's doing all kinds of crazy stuff and or was, you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So, yeah, no, that's a great example. And that's something I dealt with as well. Cause I, I, am pretty close with your brother as well. And mm-hmm. he's doing great now, by the way. And my but, mom would be like, try to get Victor to call him. Yeah. yeah. You would always mm-hmm. say that. And I would say, I, I would just sort of feel like it's not my place to just jump in and intervene mm-hmm. unwelcome, unasked, you know, without being requested. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's sober now and he's been sober for, I think he said what, five years now. So, I mean, he's doing great, but it's like. Yeah, but when you can detach, when yeah. you're in that frazzled, dramatic state, uh, uh, emotional state, then you're not really connected to your own center. Mm-hmm. But when you can detach and, uh, again, not obligate yourself to get all worked up unnecessarily when there's no good that can come out of it, mm-hmm. then you can remain in your own center and, and have a much higher perspective. Like at that time, at that time, I was able, I was better at this. It was kind of, it was natural for me to kind of just effectively deal in these situations. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, when you told me that, I was able to like, not, I don't know. I remember like not even really, not really even worrying about him. Not that I don't mm-hmm. care. It's like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, Chris is on his journey. This is the type of lessons he's choosing to learn right now. And right. I believe there'll be good that come out of it. And there was. Yeah. Um, and it was like, okay, well, you know, Godspeed. I, I wish I wish him the best. I'd like to see him, you know, right. be and doing he, well. But he, that's almost for me. Right. But if he did reach out, then you can't, We, you know we could have in that situation, if he would have reached out to us, been able to help him, you know, but, and still remain detached, Yeah, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't know if that was like, was that the best example? Yeah, that was, I think it's important. I know a lot of people who know people who have a very difficult time detaching themselves. And I really believe a lot of them is because they feel like they're a bad person if they do. Yeah. But you know, maybe, maybe those people think we're bad people (laughs) have hearing what our, what our, this is just our perspective, but we can just, I think we're all pretty much aware of how, like of the energetics of a situation we'll say. Mm-hmm. And when we get all worked up, it's, it's just like two people are now worked up instead of one. Right. You know, and, and then you can't no be good there. is coming out of it. Yeah. 
So anyway, number three is, and what can really help with this is where number three comes in. See it from a higher perspective. Really, you, you, the people listening to this can choose at will to view these earthly matters, matters with friends, family, relationships, anything really from a soul level where like for going back to your brother and his addiction, maybe he is, maybe, you know, he's, he played out that game for a long time and he caused himself a lot of suffering. And on one hand, it doesn't seem very wise to do when you look at life in a very linear and limited way. Like, well, he's got only so many years left left to live and he's wasting his life and this and that. But from a soul perspective, there's probably so many valuable lessons that, that he was learning as a, as a alcoholic, you know, making his mistakes. And regardless mm-hmm. if he came out of it or not, which he did, he would come out of that lifetime with a wealth of experience a wealth of knowledge and just his soul chose to go through play out that thing right and and that's not our place to meddle in and 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 stop that it's not even doing them on a soul level any good they're Mm -hmm. gonna have to come back next time and do it again because Mm -hmm. we messed with it right i like to look at it too like this like every person comes to this planet with their major life lessons already like in the works like they know what they're gonna have Mm -hmm. they know that they're gonna get into a car accident and become paralyzed they choose that before they come so or become an alcoholic or what a drug addicted whatever all all the major crazy life lessons we all choose them before we come so they knew on a soul level what they were getting themselves into so like i like to look at it like that so, because then it helps me to understand, like, why why do bad things happen to good people? You know, that's right. how I can understand something like that. Exactly, because there are no such thing as bad things. Right. This is just a game. We right. are we're literally spirits taking a nap in this very taking- fleeting little glimpse of physical reality. And it's ultimately not very significant in the context of the soul's journey. Mm-hmm. And that's why we choose these types of scenarios. Like, oh, screw it. I'll be back in a flash. I'm going to go in and... Right, because really, <laughs> like, we're eternal beings. So yeah. even if you live 100 years on this earth, that's a blink of the of the eyes, you know, like, right. for the spirit. And, like, another angle, even on a smaller level, if that's a little bit too out there for a lot of people to comprehend, look at it like this way. Here's a realistic sort of viewpoint about enabling and, and jumping in and trying to save people. Um I heard this guy feel good, this other Instagram sort of spiritual teacher. He said something about like why it's not good to jump in and and save people in a sense. He says because you never know what that person really needs to make a shift in their life. And we'll use an addict as an example. Maybe, maybe like your mom, maybe like, well, no, I'm not going to be specific. Maybe you have someone in your life that you love, but they're an addict, right? And they keep playing out their addict stuff and you keep jumping in and saving them and jumping in and saving them and preventing them from really going off and falling on their face. But what that person needs is to fall on their face so they can bounce back up and you keep delaying their growth because you don't want to see them suffer does that does it make sense mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think a lot of us do that and it's mm-hmm. just when you when you look at it like logically and from an expanded viewpoint it's not it's not the best thing to do anyway yeah. we're kind of going back off into point number two but what can help this help it is to really look at it this way mm-hmm. and not be so much led by your emotions and desire to save people but rather to like say okay it's like tough love it's like the epitome of t- having tough love yeah right 
But yeah, and it's not even being tough. It's really just like giving them what their soul needs, you know? Yes. Which is to allow for them to play their own journey out. Right. And uh, let's see. Number four, I wrote down holding space instead of trying to fix people. We've already kind of touched on this quite a bit, but I'm going to give an example um, from a book I read called The Way of the Superior Man, which really has good advice for all all sexes. Um, there's this one section where it talks about it talks about uh, like it's it's mostly written for guys, and it's about like understanding how women think, so you can be a, hmm. a, a not a superior man, but a, a really good man who's sort of informed when dealing with someone of the opposite sex that's completely different. And thinks very differently. He talks about like, again, I'm not, this is just a reference from the book. He says, say your woman comes home and she's concerned about something. And you hear her situation and the, the man, the, the masculine, we'll say masculine and feminine, the masculine person, um, they want to understand, analyze, and create a solution. Some kind of pragmatic, action-oriented sort of solution to the problem. But the, the, the feminine they just want to be listened to. They want to feel supported. They want to. They want to just want to be heard. Um, and when you when the, the masculine tries to go in and say, you know what, I, I heard you, and here's what we're gonna do. I have a three step plan that's gonna take mm-hmm. take or care five, of your problem. Five step plan. The the feminine does not want to hear that at all, right? Mm-hmm. Am right. I just yes. does that makes sense? Yes. And yes. I, I have to stop myself from doing that. But what I'm saying is that I think all people operate that way, even guys, even masculine, feminine, etc. I think most of the time. It, it, people want to be kind of heard mm-hmm. and it's so it's so much better when one comes to their own conclusions and you can really help that greatly not by fixing not by jumping in but by holding space by simply listening and being, being there present. and mm-hmm. and not pitying them but just listening as an attentive sort of polite person would do and you'll find that people will kind of come to their own conclusions naturally and that can be used in a microcosmic level when you're just listening to somebody literally or just in general when you're observing someone's life theme playing out. You can hold space and, and again, be there when needed, but for the most part, allow them to come to their own conclusions. And that's actually the fastest way. And when they do, you know, if I was just to fix your problem, it's not really going to stick. But if you mm-hmm. come to your own conclusions, it'll be a lot different. All right. Yes. You look at me, you're looking at me like, you're not following. No, I'm listening. I'm I'm also thinking, but I'm listening. What are you thinking? I was just thinking that um, another thing that I do, like when you're, if you're holding space for someone that's like confiding in you and they're breaking down and and um, they're struggling, you can just hold space and also send them love. You know, it doesn't have to. You you're just present and you're sending them love, and that's all you have to do when you hold space. Yes. You know, you don't, there's no, nothing that needs to be done on your end. It's just be present, share love send, or send love and then listen. Yeah. You know, it reminds me, are you done? Yes. Good. All no, done. It reminds me of, Next. there was someone no. at a, a couple retreats ago, this woman was having, she was like a, a late bloomer in a sense, meaning like everyone around her was having these crazy breakthroughs and like, oh my goodness, isn't this amazing? Like kind of that as it tends to be towards the end of her retreat. But she hadn't at this point. She was getting very frustrated. Um, and finally, after like our last 
group activity. I was sitting there talking with her at the table and she was like starting to kind of crack open a little bit and, and starting to cry. And instantly a couple of people walked up and were like, like, oh no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Trying to, trying to like help her, mm-hmm. trying to like, you know, like solve her problem yeah, right away. Get her to stop crying. And I straight up, I made them stop and just be quiet. And I was like, the best thing for her right now is to cry is to sob let mm-hmm. her sob let her be in anguish for this moment for that is a release mm-hmm. so that's a good example i think yeah. of holding and i just sat there i didn't pity her i was like okay i'm just gonna chill with you well you freak out you know you sort of like have your moment start bawling and stuff and i'm just gonna be here so you're not alone but i'm just gonna be just be here in my own space mm-hmm. with you in a sense yeah. and that was like that created the where she felt supported but not influenced upon Mm -hmm. you know and that allowed her to really just go through her own process and it was like a a profound a profound thing for this woman that could have very easily been stifled with people wanting to help which again i can understand you can understand that but it just in our experience as coaches mentors and having gone through this it just it's not the smartest approach and it's draining for the individual trying to help anyway right and really what it is is that um, being empathic, you don't want to see someone crying because no. it makes you feel, you can't help but feel those feelings, but they need that experience. Yeah. They need the release. It's all purging. Crying is a form of purging. And when you purge, you're healing, yes. you know, so that is what they need sometimes just to vent, just to yell, scream, cry. Yes. You know, all that stuff. It's all beautiful healing <clears throat> energy for that person that's experience that's going through yeah that. and the empath especially should know the value of a good cry oh yeah right sometimes you need a good ugly cry man uh, yeah my cries are fairly attractive looking not really ugly but yours are oh yeah okay oh all the only the good ones <laughs> anyway <laughs> I, I tried to lighten the load a little bit <laughs> i saw you getting upset and i wanted to help yeah Anyway, number five <laughs> is probably what a lot of you were expecting me to say earlier on is be an example. Be an example. An example. So both of, <laughs> not really so much you, but I remember like me included because I was much, I definitely identified much more with being on the spiritual path earlier on than, than you did. And consequently, I attract a lot of polarizing people that were, you know, I challenging my my hardened identity as a guy who's into spirituality. So essentially what I'm saying is I used to like try to tell everybody and press upon my views on others and, and this and that. So I remember my family and even your family were a little bit like, like a turned like, like, like uh, almost like, like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, dude. Almost like wanting to challenge me a little bit. I created this like friction just being the way I was. Mm -hmm. Um, and but my intention, uh, so I thought, was to help them. But really, I was just creating like arguments and conflict and, and disagreements, right? Um, so for the longest time, your family, my family, they thought I was kind of like wacky. Like uh, first with the spiritual stuff, which I eventually chilled out on. But then, especially when I quit my jobs and went on to YouTube about spirituality, people were like, "I still think most of my family doesn't really know what you do." Maybe not. Some of them do. Some I of them do. Them. Yeah, some of them do. But my yeah. point is. You know, people were resistant initially and then almost like, oh, God, Victor's crazy. I feel bad for him for a while. And now people are a, a, a bit 
they're intrigued at the very least mm -hmm. by my example. Like, wow, I don't know what the hell he was doing to start, but now he's got the, he's, you know, my dedicating myself to the spiritual path in my own quiet little way has sort of improved my life, improved my confidence, improved who I am. I'm more tolerant. There's all these different benefits essentially that are obvious to other people. And by just being an example, as long story short, um, now people are coming around. Now, like when my family comes to visit, they're like, so what are you eating? Oh, I should, they, they want to change their diet a little bit, you know, and we go to your, we go to Christmas of your family and mm -hmm. some of them are intrigued by like, oh, wow, man, you don't have to really get up and go to work every day. If there's no boss, you get to help people. Mm -hmm. Wow. How, how do you do that? That's, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. So like when you're an example, people will naturally come to, 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 to learn from you and then you get to teach them because they requested it. Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, I had a situation with my mom where she was having trouble accepting, um, a, a life choice. Uh, I, I don't know if I agree with this, that terminology, but that's what I'm going to use. Cause I'm not going to go into the detail of this situation, but she was having a hard time, uh, accepting someone's life path. There we go. And, um, she came to me to like get advice on it. Right. The youngest in the family. Yeah. Her, her baby quote unquote, you know, and I just was like listening to her and, you know, just be, you know, giving, giving some advice on how she can sort of accept things. But, um, before I was like all worked up about this situation. And before we went to Michigan, um, I had drank ayahuasca and ayahuasca said to me, you can't make anybody do anything. You have to just be the example by holding space, sharing love and living your best life. And people see that people will see that. And then that's how you can change yeah. people that's how, because they'll see while wow, they're doing something different and they seem really happy and i'm over here looking at them like what do they have that i don't yes. you know and that's the best thing that you can do for people yeah and it's the easiest it avoids you again having to go on and save everybody and yeah. take everyone take everyone's so many people i talk to like they have a difficulty not taking people's drama on it's mm -hmm. like, don't, don't just let it go. It's not helping them. It's not and helping you. And it's not you. yours. Yeah. And the best thing you do is for one, really enjoy your own life. Really mm -hmm. just, just embrace your own path. And I promise you, you will have people asking, so what's your secret? Yeah. How are you so, what are you doing? Why are you always smiling? What's, mm -hmm. why are you always so freaking annoyingly positive? What is it? I need that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm annoyingly positive. But I feel that way. I feel like sometimes when I'm around people who are, you know, the typical. Yeah. You know, just our way of thinking is more on the positive spectrum than like normal ways of thinking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like if people yeah. are there okay. discussing the news, so and maybe like, that well, there's a higher purpose. Like, why are you so damn positive? You know? Yeah. Can you stop, please? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this is a little funny tangent there. I'm sure many of us can relate to. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. Anything else you want to add, love, before we go? I'm pretty hungry. You're hungry? I'm starving. I think yeah. I think maybe we should wait like another 10 minutes and okay. go back into... What do you have to say? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, yeah. Yeah, we're also, <laughs> we're also a bit tired. We had our Sedona retreat recently. Oh, it was so amazing. It was just phenomenal. Just so beautiful. Yeah. We had gone a few months without it, without doing any retreat. 
And uh, it felt really good to, to yeah. get out there and work with people and just let the magic unfold. Yeah, we so definitely amazing. are not going to be taking a, that long of a break this time, you know, no. from, from retreats. They're, they're good for us and they're good for the people that come. And it was just, they're so, they're so amazing. Very All the special. people that always come are so like amazing. Yeah. It makes me wish that we could meet like everybody. I know. know. Can't we just meet all of you? <laughs> yeah. But but the point is we're tired. It's been, yeah. it's been a long like four or five day period. It's, we've only been back a day. So we're gonna take we're gonna take off. But thank you for listening. It is our hope that you can benefit from this in some way. Um and we'll see you all next week. Namaste. Namaste.